0: joining me on the Football CFB podcast Andy No problem thanks for having me Callum. um I'd like to start Andy you were born and you grew
1: up in Castlemilk yep. what was that like and how did you get into football um, growing up in Castlemilk was that um, was good um, my earliest memories are, 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 from Castle are playing football up there you know there was loads of uh, football pitches um, loads of ex-players um, current players came through Castle Milk, so it was like a good a good uh, I don't know. Good grounding for um, there was loads of uh, good players, um, loads of good teams. So um, I started playing maybe six or seven, um, and and just took it for there. You know, I knew kind of early. I was I was quite quite decent at the game. You know, so it was um, it was something that I fell in love with pretty early. Um, growing up in Carshalton had its challenges, but as I say, it's your fair early and you know everybody you, you tend to be okay. In terms of football in general, obviously you said you get into it when you were younger. When yeah. was the first chance you thought you could make it as a pro? Oh, I can remember playing in my school team when I was maybe primary three. And, you know, um, for f- f- as young as I can remember, that was my dream. I wanted to be a professional footballer, you know, but I was probably no different for, for most kids. Uh, when I started taking it serious, probably about 12 years old when <coughs> clubs started looking at me when I started getting in and training my professional clubs in d United at Hearts um, I was in at Rangers at the time as well so um, I probably ran about 11-12 I started taking it thinking realistically that hopefully I could be a, f- a professional footballer
0: In terms of getting into the professional game you were signed with <coughs> the United under the legendary Jim McLean yeah, yeah. just how fierce was he and was he as mental as, as people think Last thing, he was
1: brilliant he was a genius but there was a side team that was, that was about a bit mad, um, but football wise, as I say, used to come down to, to Glasgow every week, uh, Thursday and watch his S-Forms training and stuff, and he knew everything about you and um, listening. About that time, the eighties, the United had a, a, a fantastic team. Uh, they were getting to semi-finals and finals in European competitions on a regular basis. They were winning. Uh, they won the, the league in nineteen eighty-three. You know, so it was a team I grew up watching. Um, and then a, a few years later, I got to share a dress room with some of these top players, you know, guys like Dave Neary and Paul Sturrock was my coach, and guys that I'd, that I'd really looked up to as a young guy, you know. so um, And Jim was, he was unique, uh, let's just say that. But um, listen, he probably wouldn't get away with some of his methods today, but as I say, football-wise, he was the best I ever worked under, by a mile. Yeah. Um, but as I said there was that other side and that, that probably wasn't as nice. You was known for uh, having players on mental contracts, slip
0: like four yeah, year yeah, deals
1: yeah. with yeah. five year options. Were you yeah. on one of those yes. mental deals yes. as yes. well? Yes, I think I still got about six months left in that call. <laughs> um I signed my first contract was a three year with three year option. Forty five pounds a week. Um and twelve pound travelling expenses. You know, I used to have to I used to go up to Dundee like every Monday morning um travel up on a train. Um and then I'd come home maybe a Friday or Saturday, depending on the game. So, ah, um, I did I had one of the long, long—they um, call it security, didn't it? It wasn't security, <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a prison sentence. We used to, we used to. Listen, it was all black humour in a football dressing room. Would if somebody got a transfer away, we used to see they'd escape. <laughs> um, so it was like, uh, listen, as I say, I learned so much up there. You know, some of the, some of the stuff wasn't great. You know, but listen I wanted to a professional football but, and, and I got that opportunity I had in the United you know so um, there was lots of drawbacks and the, the contract being won um, but like I say I got to I got to fulfil my, my my boyhood dream, and that was to be a professional footballer. In terms of the four years he played <laughs> under Jim, what was he like? Obviously, we talked to him and
0: been quite fierce there. But you said he was a he was a
1: genius as well, yeah, which he was. Yeah, so, yeah. in terms of tactics and things, what was he what was he big on? He was just big on listen, organisation. You know, he, um, he, he knew what way the team wanted to play. He knew everybody's strengths and weaknesses. He played to that. You know, um, listen, he seen good players in a bit. Guys. That, that, that were good at their job you know and that was what he was really good at you know he was good at getting good players in and, and getting tied in on their contracts you know and um, and building good teams you know back in the days you could you would have the same group of players for two, three, four years <coughs> I mean he'd always maybe sell, sell one every couple of years to take in a balance of books you know but he that longevity where he'd he had players that had been there for six, seven, eight, nine years you know so we knew what what way the club played, you know, we like to get the ball down at the back, you know. I see nowadays, you know, that they, they, they talk about us high pressure and all that kind of stuff. We were doing that twenty thirty year ago under Jim McLean, you know, in European games and, and stuff like, you know. So it was well ahead of his time, uh, you know, tactically, as well as um, all the sports science stuff, you know. We were doing a lot of that stuff twenty thirty year ago, ice baths and um, nutritionists and. And all that kind of stuff, sprint coaching. We had we had all that, you know, what we were doing that in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, so um as I say he was well ahead of his time and a lot of the stuff he was doing.
0: He moved so on after four or so years and he's replaced by <coughs> Ivan Golach, um, obviously with Jim being so fierce, what
1: was the reaction in the dressing room when he stepped down as manager? Listen, a lot of boys were delighted, obviously, um and then Ivan was a total it was like chalk and cheese, you know v was so intense and um, everything was done at a standard and well, that kind of stuff and, and, and Ivan came in and as I say training was a bit more relaxed you know you could have a laugh and, but you know see the stuff we need done we'd done it you know but as I say it was, it was such, a, such a contrast in in, in styles and, um, and Ivan's first year we're going to Scottish Cup you know so um, that obviously had, had a good impact on some of the boys.
0: You've seamlessly led me on To the Scottish Cup in 94
1: um, What was the run To the final like And did he get you Guys believing That you had a real chance At you Listen the, 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 the run was unbelievable Because I think Most games went to replays You know I think the first game Was A bro 3-5 And they won We scored late on Um And then Motherwell went, went to replay And then I came back I hadn't been playing I came back in for the The Erdra game um, and I scored, scored in that game and set up the other one for Butler McKinley and then it just became a momentum thing you know we played Aberdeen in the semis um, and again we were a minute away from going out the cup and Big and she scored a, a great header to, to take a replay and won the replay 1-0 scrappy game at Hampden but that was us into the final and, and then the final you're, you're playing against a team that's the Rangers team at that time had won the, the previous five trophies. You know, they were going for back-to-back trebles and, and stuff, and it was a, a proper Rangers team. But, as I say, we were a really, really good side as well. We had a, we had a great side then. Guido van der Kamp, Cleland, Brian Welsh, uh, Gordon Petritch, Maurice Malpas, Dave Bowman, Davy Hanna, Jim McAnally, Marcel Christian Daly and um, Craig Brewster. So it was a, a really good side, you know. And you had guys like Gary Bowen and stuff on the bench, Jerry Nixon, so... Um, that was a really good side you know that was, that was probably 6 or 7 that, that team had, had come through the, full, the, the the United system you know so um, and as I say we were underdogs in the day but I always fancied us t- to win you know probably the since of youth you know I was only 20 year old at the time and um, I, I thought I'd be playing cup finals every year you know never got to play another one after it but um, no it was a, an amazing day Um
0: you mentioned yeah. there that you were you were so young when you got into
1: that final, yeah. so normally I've <coughs> asked guys a lot that, did they sleep the night before a final, but because you were 20, I'm guessing you were just fearless yeah. get into it? Aye, yeah. um, as I say, I thought that's what happened every year. Um, <laughs> I'd only d- d- been in the first team for a couple of years, you know, and um, so I it was, I kind of took it in my stride. I, I, I looked back in the day and I didn't take as much in as what I should have. I remember Maurice Malpass saying you know, before the game, take everything in because you don't know when you be back, but... As I say, in a sense of youth, you think, oh, I can't be playing an easier year anyway, so um, I probably didn't take it. And as much, and it's only the older I get the more I can look back and reflect on things. It, listen, it was amazing, you know. It was something that I dreamed of being a kid, you know, playing a Scottish Cup final, you know. Scottish Cup finals were always massive back in the day, you know, in the, the 80s. And, um, it was something I grew up watching, and and dreamed of being part of you know so to, to have done that at 20 was, was amazing What do you remember from the game
0: itself the
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember we played really well you know with a few chances um, probably should have been one or two up uh, and then half time nothing each in the second half uh, Rooster scored pretty early uh, in the second half and um Christian Daly robbed Canale-Maxwell and played it across the box and it seemed to be slow motion, you know, it hit the post and then rolled out perfectly in at Big Brewsters, Um and he, he tapped it in and then, just I say, usually last, us, maybe, Big Guido had a couple of unbelievable saves that it, it, it kept us in the lead, uh, but we deserved to win it, you know, we deserved to, uh, we deserved to, I think we we're, were worthy winners that day, Rangers. We'll say they maybe didn't the play as well, but I would say that was done to us as well. You know, we had a, a really good side and we didn't sit back and we, we went and had a goal. Um, so aye, we were lovely winners
0: winning the cup at 20. I'd imagine obviously Malpass said to take it in, but yeah. I imagine any 20 year old boy playing a game, never mind winning a cup final, would, would obviously just just enjoy it. And, aye. and well, and listen, I imagine you
1: did as well. Aye, the the. the, the, the the celebration after it's a bit of a blur if I'm being honest you know (laughs) Um, then the next day the old top bus went through Dundee and that was a special moment you know as you you're on the bus and you're leaving the hotel, and you're thinking, I wonder if anybody will turn up. And then you turn, in, turn a corner and into Dundee um, City Centre, and the, the place is just a sea of orange, you know, and there's grown men crying. And, and it was then you've you seen what it meant to, to the fans, you know. Uh, Dundee United at that time had lost seven Scottish Cup finals, um, so we were the first team to, first Dundee United team to win it, so it was, it was massive. Uh, full City turned out, and um, I was an unbelievable. Unbelievable couple of days um, And then a couple of days later we, we went off to the Caribbean For a It might be a tournament It might be a But there was The boys were Let's just say the boys Enjoyed their the, the holiday <laughs> um, From that um, cup final And getting into the Caribbean Enjoying yourselves You come back for the next season And
0: the next season it's the complete opposite
1: In the sense that the club Was struggling in the league And Golach eventually <laughs> Leaves the club With the club in an relegation yeah. battle Describe that season What was it like? It was, it was wild Because I think we got relegated That season And we were, we were never In any danger You know It was I think for Christmas If we'd have won two games Or something We'd have been safe You know But we just got into One of these runs Where you, we couldn't buy a win um, And then we not We put the the second Last game of the season And if we lost We were going bottom and we did loss and that was us, you know, we'd Celtic uh, at Tarradice and, I mean, it's the same, nobody expected it and people say, our oh, teams are too good to go down, that team was far too good to go down, you know, but we just, it was just, um, a bit of bad luck and, listen, we didn't, we didn't play well, uh, we obviously didn't pick up the points but we're getting one of runs where you just, you couldn't buy a win, you couldn't buy a break, it was, um, and then, as I say, it was falling out, we were, we were relegated, you know, and it was a big, big shock to everybody.
0: In terms of yourself, obviously, you're 20 when you, win the Scottish Cup the following year, you're 21 and you get relegated, I mean, how did you take that at that age? I mean, because that's what you, when you talk about ups and downs, yeah, in yeah. football, that's a massive up and down.
1: Yeah, well, listen, you, it was only the, when you reported back for pre-season, you realised, you know, I've been saying that, in the United Spent a lot of money. We um, went down with guys like Stephen Presley and Ali Maxwell, and a um, loads of other guys. Owen Coyle, Gary McSwigan came in. Um, there was there was a real turnover of our, our, our players coming in, you know. So, because we we're, were determined, we were going to bounce straight back up, you know. Um, and and lucky enough, that's what we did. But it was it wasn't as easy as we probably thought, you know. I remember can to old bulkhead, um, one of the first games of the season and it was pissing around and, and it's horrible you know, the pitch, pitch was waterlogged and the dressing rooms weren't they great and, um, and that's when it hit home that aye, we, were, we weren't playing the Premier League anywhere you know and we get beat 1-0 that day and I think that was a real, a real wake up for everybody. Um, eventually we got up via the playoffs which was probably one of my favourite nights at town, I guess, you know, we, we beat Partick Thistle um, Tannadice, Dice was bouncing that night. I think second last game of the season we took it into Capello, um, and and we drew to each. And I think if Morton had a beat David, they, they could have went into the playoff. You know, so but, listen that that, that league that, that year was a great league as well. You'd Morton flying, you'd them Fairlings themselves. You know, a, a really good league. You know, and it was a difficult league to to get out of. Um, you know, so it was it was good that we managed to get out to the first year. In
0: terms of the the championship how did that compare to the Premier League was it more physical or was the difference not as much
1: as a fan let like me even would no, think no it was nice you know I, listen I really enjoyed it I, I had one of my, my best years you know um, me and Robbie Winters were playing each side and um the big offs and up through the middle and um, I would listen we did we did a really good season you know but as I say, Dunfermline beat his third last game of the season or something and he, he he went up automatically, you know, but no the standard back then certainly the standard throughout Scotland, you know, was was really high, you know, you'd Gascoins and Loudrups and, and stuff at, at, at Rangers and, and Celtic were, were having big players in as well, you know, so it was a real probably boom time for Scottish football as well.
0: In terms of, you get promoted, you're back in the Premier League and then from one McLean to another, Tommy this time comes in. Yeah. How did he compare to Jim?
1: Oh, they were different. You know, We Tommy, we would have a laugh and a joke with Tommy. And, um, I had a quite good relationship with wee Tommy because I was a winger and we Tommy had been a winger. So I think he, he really liked me. Um, and I done, I done well for... I think this first season in, we finished third in the Premier League. Um, and went, I think we went 13, 17 games unbeaten. One run, you know, we just, we just went on one of the runs. Previously, we'd went on a run where we couldn't have won a game. This, this run, we, went on, we were we were probably winning games and drawing games when we shouldn't have been, you know, and that's what happens in football. Football can, can be strange like that, you know. I can remember coming in and winning games 1-0, and you think. how did we win that, you know, but that's... That's what happens in football. Momentum's a, a really big thing. Uh, you know, I've seen it so often. the clubs are just going runs and they just grind out wins. You know, and that's what that's what we done that year. We did get really good side again, right enough. A few um, Scandinavian boys come in, and um, but no, it was it was real enjoyable. And around about that time, It was. I think just before that, I'd, it was big money moves. Um, get put in for me, like Celtic, to try to get me. And, it was Team England's premiership and stuff trying to get me. Um, so, I thought my career was just going to go into orbit, but obviously I'd had other issues as well.
0: You mentioned there, obviously, potential moves um, <coughs> to Celtic in the Premier League. When those <laughs> did come off, do you think that kind of added to your struggles off the part in the sense that you were disappointed? You were only uh, going on to that next step?
1: May, maybe, but also, um, any anytime I can ever think I'll get a, I'll get a move, you know? But, listen, probably at the back of my hind- mind I was a bit Pissed off, if I'm being honest, you know, because I wasn't earning a lot of money, you know, and um, the a young family support, uh, and other stuff, traffic Park, that, that was trying to deal with as well, you know, my dad had died and all this kind of stuff, you know, and I wanted to be back in Glasgow, so, um, I was a wee bit, a bit pissed off with the United, if I'm being perfectly honest, you know, they were knocking back all this money when I went, and, um earned a good living and went and back to Glasgow and, and all that kind of stuff so I the, the older I get the mayor, I reflect on that and from the more angry I get a good <laughs> you
0: moved um, eventually you move on to Reading under Tommy Burns
1: um, how did that move come about? Well, I was, my contract was coming to an end you know, Dundee and I had to to get to sign but I didn't want to sign again I wanted I wanted to be away from Glasgow and, 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 and Dundee to try and get my career back on track you know I was my problems at part Park were beginning to surface and um, I thought it'd be a new start for me, get down to England and get my career back on track. And that was, my, that was my, my idea, but unfortunately it never, never turned out like that. Tommy was, was great and um, Reading in a great club, but as I say, I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place in life um, to, to go down there and and do myself justice.
0: In terms of the struggles off the park, obviously struggles with alcohol and, and drugs. Did, did moving to move into London and living there, just
1: no help that at all. No, no. Listen, that was my, that was my idea. But you know, I was, I remember being on the flight down and thinking, right, get in here and um, it's a new start for you, get away from. Oh, I was going away from Dundee and I was blaming people, places, and things. It was me. It was a problem. You know, I had to deal with main issues. Yet, but I thought. I was trying to escape, I was trying to run away, but as I say, I was trying to run away from myself, you know, and I was a problem until I faced up to, <coughs> excuse me, until I faced up to um, some of my issues and we're not going to get better.
0: In terms of English football, how did that compare to your time at Dundee United in terms of the standard? Well,
1: listen, the first game down there, we played Man City. Man City were in the, uh, we were in the, th- the third tier, it was just second division then or something. So you had Man City, you had Fulham, you had um, Wigan, you'd top clubs. Preston, um, Man City, F- Fulham had like Kevin Keegan as a manager. Man City were still a, a really big club, you know. And Fulham had, as I say, Keegan had come in and they were spending big money. So you're playing against guys like Philip Paul and and all these kind of guys, you know. So the standard was was really good. Um, Physically, so I, I noticed a big difference in just the physicality down there. You know, people, the players were a lot bigger and a lot f- more physical. Um, but as I say, my first month down there, I, I won player of the month. You know, at Redmond. Um, but as I say, I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place mentally
0: tough time at Reading and then you, you come back up to Scotland with Colmarnock under Bobby Williamson. Yep. How did that move come about and what was Bobby like as a manager?
1: <coughs> um, obviously, I'd, I'd been out of football for about six, seven months. I'd failed a drug test at Reading and um, I didn't have a club. And I, 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 if I'm being honest, I didn't even know what level I was going to get back to playing, I didn't know if anybody would give me that opportunity. Uh, so I on Friday Sports, you know, or something at the time, and, and basically after I'd, I'd committed rehab and stuff, and um, I'd I'd been training myself and been a holiday, and I, I felt fresh and, and ready to go again. So I put a player, and Bobby got in touch with my agent, and a number of other clubs got in touch with me, but I went and spoke to Bobby and right away. I thought, now that's the place for me, you know, going to come on um, Bobby was like, it was an Easterhouse guy, and he, he kind of called a spade a spade, and you guys like Durante and McCoy and all that. There, so I thought, aye, and it was, it wasn't Where I was staying at the time, you know. So uh, everything just fell into place, and as I see I signed there, and I had a great three year. I loved it. My first. First month back I went won play in a month in Scotland. Um guys like Larson and Low and all kind of guys were playing in the league and I remember thinking at the time it was um it was probably a sympathy vote but I went back today and I scored two against Rangers that month and I scored at Park Kid that month and um I, I played really well, you know, so um I had I did a great three years, culminating um a year after I'd time to come out on a Scotland Cup. Um, which was amazing, you know, to to represent your country at any any level. You know, I've done it at every level, um, all the way up. So that was me completing the set as such. So, I it was it was brilliant. In terms of the Scotland cap,
0: obviously having failed the drugs test and through your troubles in life, was that just the ultimate kind of aim and, and proudest moment for you having
1: yeah. come back? No, well, certainly one. And I, uh, I remember I'd been in Poland and. The national anthem coming on and standing next to Christian Daly and just all these emotions come out just because he what had been through in the past, you know, and and then he, to be standing there uh, next to a guy I'd knew for twenty odd years, you know, um, we'd come up through the youth together and all that. No, it was brilliant, and you'd guys like Charlie Muller, who was a parley man we John and Neil, who was a good friend as well. So we all kind of, well, there's was three, years that made our debut in the, the one night as well, which made it. Uh, doubly special you know but it was just it was brilliant um, to get to, to represent this country is, is amazing you know how does um, the build up to playing for your country compare to your club
0: obviously cause you're away is it, is it completely different or is it just
1: football yeah, football listen, football you go away and you stay in a hotel and a team gets named and you know it's you go away oh, with football well, you very rarely see anything apart from a hotel room and a football pitch you know people have been out of Europe and out the world with football but you can't get to see any any of the places, you know, because you're just um even you you get away pre season, you train, you sleep, you, you you play games, that's that's the way it was, you know. So that was that was the same as Poland, you know. I get the phone call on a Sunday to get added to the squad and um I was away the next day, back probably Wednesday after the game, you know, so it was a kind of whirlwind, you know. Uh, but as I say, I definitely want my proudest monodes.
0: Before we move on uh, to your club period again, I'm interested to ask about Bobby Williamson. Everybody that speaks about Bobby seems to have a story or two about him. What
1: kind of guy was he? Was he a funny guy? Listen, he was just a good manager. He'd, he surrounded himself with good players and good coaches and stuff like that. No, he, was, he, yeah, he was good. He called a spade a spade, you know what was saying? No, we had a, a really good team at that point as well. I think we finished third or fourth that year as well. And he kept it simple, which some people I think nowadays in football are try and complicate the game you know we had a good side everybody knew their job you know see if, see if you're leading somebody to tell you tactics when you're 25, 26 <laughs> in football you know it's I, I think we've went so far the other way you know that every player has got to know every part of his job and all that you know we went out and he used to tell us, me as a striker or a winger or whatever just go and express myself you know get on the ball and make things happen um, and I love that you know but, you give know, you that freedom just to just to go and play, um, and I, as I say, with a really good side. I remember once we, we pulled up at uh, outside uh, McDermott Park, and his team talk was same subs, same yeah, same team, same subs as last week. You know, you know. <laughs> we went one two zero. You know, so um, I think sometimes we, especially nowadays, we overcomplicate football. You know, it's a simple game. Um, simple people <laughs> um, and, 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 and that's what that was a good thing about Bobby he kept it simple he didn't complicate the game he'd work on his defence he'd work on his midfield he'd work on, on shape there but as I say he'd be just like the ball players just go and express themselves which, which is what I liked Your time at
0: Kilmarnock as you say you enjoyed it and you end up after the three years of moving back to
1: Dundee United, what attracted you to go back there? I was meant to sign with Hibs, if I'm being honest. I'd, I'd been through and done pre-season with Hibs. Um, Kamala had offered me another three-year contract, but it was just when the Satanta deal had kind of fell through and they were taking a wee bit my money off me. I said I was stupid, I'm going to be honest. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. <coughs> I should i probably just signed another three-year at Kamala. um but... Um, I thought Bobby had then went to Hibs and he'd, he'd asked me, would I go there? So I fancied I fancied a new challenge, I fancied going to Hibs, um, went there and done all pre-season. And the chairman, for one reason or another, just didn't want to sign me. Um, Bobby was desperate to sign me, so I found myself at the start of the season without a club. Um, and then again, another of club, clubs got in touch with me, but... Um, Only Coyle, who was my pal, he was up at the with me, me and McCall, so I uh, ended up finding myself back there. Um, I, I didn't think I'd ever end up back there, but um, I was travelling this time. I wasn't staying in the Um So me, Derek McInnes, and other couple of boys used to travel every day. But it was it was okay to start, but after a while of travelling and all that it was it was killing me uh, my body was knackered and uh, so aye that was that was how I ended up back there um, and aye the first year we done well we finished fourth or fifth in the league and, but then we brought in different signings and, and the, the second season things changed for me
0: obviously um, you may, we mentioned Ian McCall there and he's someone who lots of people describe as sort of old school and things in the game but having worked under Jim McLean I imagine Ian McCall was like a puppy aye
1: Listen, I, I, um, he was—he had his way of working, you know. It was, um, but as I say, Jim McLean was—I always compared everybody to Jim McLean, and nobody ever measured up to him, you know. So, um, listen, he's like any manager; they have the river, good points and the bad points, you know. And if you're playing, it's fine. If you're not <laughs> playing, it's—it's it's no, you know. So, that's—that's uh, that's how it works with managers. Um, some you like, some you don't, but. Um, you go on and you try and play, you know. I mean, I didn't particularly like Jim McLean, but I respected him yeah, and I, I wanted that. to play for him. In terms of your time at Dundee
0: United
1: there, you mentioned some big characters, Derek McInnes, Alan Archibald, yeah, Owen Coyle, yeah, guys yeah. at that at the time. Yeah. What was that dressing room like? Was it a really strong dressing I'm room? It was a great dressing room. Charlie Miller and all that as well, you know. Really good side. Um, and the first year we done well, and then, as I say, Charlie moved on, it, uh, um, and then my time was kind of coming to an end, and... Um, I, the last wee while wasn't, wasn't, for me personally wasn't very good, um, I wasn't playing, I was at an age where I wanted to play every you week, know, I wanted to play every week, I thought I should have been playing every week, but every, there was probably 20 players there, I thought you should have been playing as well, so, um I, it, didn't, it didn't, it just kind of fizzled out there, um, and that's when Morton came calling. In terms of, before we go on to, to Morton, I'm interested to ask about one guy in particular there, and that's Charlie
0: Miller
1: fellow Castle-Milk boy, just how good a player was Charlie? Unbelievable. One of the most talented players um, that I played with, <coughs> um, I mean, Durant was, was an unbelievable player, Durant was probably having I mean, Big Dave Nerey were two but, but Charlie was, was, was unbelievable. You know, he could do things that, that no many other people could do, um, he was a good guy, you know, he gets sick and a bad rep, but they were probably my top these days. Um, And he'll be the first to say, like myself, you know, we're probably underachieved, but there was was reasons for that, you know. We were a couple of young boys who cashed out, and we didn't have dads in my life at 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 an important age, you know, so um, aye, but Charlie's just a great boy and an unbelievable talent.
0: I'm interested to ask as well, obviously Charlie went abroad and played in Norway
1: and things. <coughs> yeah. Did he ever try to convince you to go abroad or is that something you don't think you'd have coped with? No, listen, I had one or two, when I, when I was younger, it was, it was talkie, I played for Scotland under 17s or 18s, and we played Germany and I've done really well and it was talking Borussia Dortmund, I think Mulder McLeod was at Borussia Dortmund at the time, and, um, and, but never, it, it was only Craig, Craig Brown said to me I cut him. Like a year later or something, that they'd, they'd been asking about me, and um, also, just before I went back to the United for the second time, I was talking about going to Spain, I had a chance to go to the second division in Spain, and it was something I really fancied, um, it was southern Spain, the worst case scenario is that they get a year's holiday, <laughs> it, you know, um, the money was decent, and it was a team called Cordoba, uh, Real Cordoba or something, and it was just outside Seville, and, um, major it informed me and I said oh, I'd be real interested but um, they, they signed somebody for my acts or something that, that kind of scuppered that but no it was something that I would have probably, probably loved to have done you know uh, going to experience a new culture and, uh, but obviously throughout my life there was always other battles that I had to work with uh, trying battle as well In terms of Dundee United we talked about the second season being a lot tougher and the move to Morton comes about initially
0: on loan then how
1: did it come about, and what was Jim McInally like? Was he one of the main reasons you joined, considering you played with him? No, yeah, I knew Jimmy Mike, um, and it was, like I say, I just wanted to be playing football. Um, it's not worse, you know. I mean, although I see a lot of boys now, and they don't seem to bother whether they're playing a the Saturday or no. But uh, you train all week, and you want to—that's what you train for, you know. So um, I spoke to Jimmy Mike, and he, it was the second division, and I'd never played at that level before, you know. Uh, i I I'd heard big bits and pieces about Morton and knew a couple of boys that played there and stuff so um I just thought you know what I'll, I'll go for to the end of the season. Um you see I, I knew Jimmy, uh played with me, you know, so um I I just thought that right, it get me gets me gets me out of the United gets me playing games again. Um, and that was that was kind of my, my thing.
0: In terms of that, you mentioned it was a second <coughs> division. You go to Morton, you play 12 games, you score three goals, you become a real fans' favourite. What was playing at Capital like? It was brilliant.
1: I mean, the first, first game there, I think my first game I scored two. Uh, made my debut, we played Strand Rahn. Scored two, uh, we won 2 0. I did another one chopped half for a hat trick, and it was never our side, you know. But uh, the fans took to me right away. I was always lucky because fans did kind of. My, the home fans always kind of liked me you know because I was I was I tried to entertain them didn't I you know I tried to it's give them something, something. Um, so I had, I had a good relationship with the fans and I didn't realise when I first went as well that how well supported they were um, I remember the away games about a 1,000 1,500 away fans and stuff um, and my first first um, when I was there in loan we were we were unlucky I think we were about 14 points points from now when, when we yeah, so I went like back and, to Glasgow. I'll be very and uh, we got it to the second last yeah, game of the season and, and, and we should have beat now. Yeah, we, we absolutely battered them and drew one each and how we never won that game i will never know um, and that meant we, we just missed it and getting up automatically um, which was a real disappointment you know it was because we'd we'd went a really good run and, um, and we were I assume we were the best team in the league at that time, I I thought, you know. um, We should have have went up at you, but as I say, we just, we gave ourselves too much today.
0: You, as I say, you were a fan's favourite, fans still talk about you down at Capelo to this day, and I'm interested to ask, was it always your intention to come back permanently that summer, or did
1: you have other options? Well, no, I'd... I didn't know. As I say, once after the Stranath game, I thought I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I still had a year left, I think, in my contract and DNA's it. Um, so I didn't know whether I was going to need to go back there or, or whatever. And the manager changed at the time as well. So my call left and, and Big Chisholm came in. Um, and I went up and spoke to him, and he said that I wasn't in his plans, which is fair enough, you know, that's what happens. Um, so I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I still, as I say, I still had a year left on my contract in the United. I was on decent money, you know, so I had taken. a sort that out um, before, I, before I, I found out where I was going to be playing the, the following year.
0: Coming back to Capello, um, that second season, superb football was played, and probably to be honest with you, the club were unlucky. Like Gretna were in the league yeah. that season, with their money. Is that how you felt as well? Ah, it was
1: a joke. I mean, the two years I was, I was there. It was you know I, I went just after Christmas Yeah, well it was probably bit, maybe just before March or something yep. when, when I went back um, and we, we should have went up the first year but the second year was listen it wasn't fair you know it was such has been found over. we chased we, we Gretna all the way to about the third last game of the season you know um, but hey, any time we were getting close to them we'd just go and buying somebody else and bring other people in and um, we finished second in that league we, we, the miles and then went into the playoffs, and I think Thistle went up that year. Thistle went up that year, and we'd beat them with about 18 points in the league, you know. Which, but we'd what we'd done was we'd chased Gretna all the way. Um, whereas Thistle, and I think after Christmas, kind of rested their players and, and stuff. and By the time we got at the end of the season, we were we'd a small squad, we were kind of did our fate, you know. Uh, any other year, we'd have went up with, with the amount of points we, we had as well, you know. So it was I ah, it was it was something that. I found hard to take it at the time, you know, because at the time I thought, Mark well, I should have been in the championship or, or, or whatever it was called in those days. Uh, and that was, I felt as if I had, that's what I was bringing today, you know, and, and we hadn't achieved that. That season you played really well, you scored seven goals and I've always got an early
0: memory you scoring a corner at Capital uh, I've got this memory I always remember it Back Every time you went to take a corner Next to the cow
1: shed There'd always be a big knock. Yeah, yeah. I vividly remember Just You sitting the corner in And I remember yeah. being in the stadium As a kid going He's just scored a corner yeah. Like how can somebody even do that <laughs> You I know was, what I mean? see, see on that I actually I says I was going to score a corner I said <laughs> Before I took that corner I says I was going to score One of the boys was standing next to me I says I'm going to shoot you And I said I'm going to score this And anyway, it went in um, but aye listen as I say it was it was beginning. fans' memories wasn't it you know and the fact that you can even remember that or that time ago is, is, is amazing you know but um, as I say that was the way I tried to play I've always tried to play to to try and entertain and um, and try and do something that kind of out of the ordinary you know I've tried things that, that probably were me on sometimes and I've probably done managers nuts and you, but as I say that's what football that is about isn't it? you know it's about
0: like As you say, it's about entertainment and in, in terms of all you entertain us every yeah, yeah, yeah. single week. And I'm interested to ask about a few individuals. Um, first of all, the late Douglas Ray, obviously. He was chairman of the club, he yeah. wasn't shy in putting his money
1: in. Yeah. What was he like with you? He was good. I used to he used to come in and I was bit after in the changing room, you know. I, I can remember wearing my phone one day and was changing room and he, <laughs> he must have just thought I was mad. Um, <laughs> Those you like, do you think he's my thong chairman and stuff like that so but it was a lovely old man you know he'd, as you say he'd put his money where his mouth is and um i just wanted the best for the club you know he used to been a changing room before and after games and stuff and um uh, i was listen clubs clubs like Morton, they, they need guys like that you know guys that Johnny. That, that have got an affinity um, and a love for the club you know um, I think he spent a few quid when he was there as well
0: definitely
1: and in other individuals what about Peter Weatherson, he's obviously Spoonzy, <laughs> what a character it. he is yeah, but he didn't. I think he was at in the last he I was heard it, wasn't he I. Uh, I suppose he was he was always a wee bit overweight wasn't he <laughs> when he played <laughs> uh, I think he played a stone overweight he might have but no listen we had a good young team then we Guys like we we mentioned, and Jim McAllister and, and spring and, and all the kind of guys you know, and, um, I think Hoodie was back at, at that time as well. So with a with a good side, you know, the good, and then Lows came back as well. So with a good kind of blender. of youth and experience, you know, and some of the boys went on and, and had good careers as well, which was nice to see. Um, you know, but we did have a, a, a decent side. We just didn't have enough. You know what I mean? It, at certain times because Gretna had a, a bigger squad now and that was the only thing that probably would have done that you yeah. you mentioned Jim, Jim McAllister there and Chris Miller midge um, they're back at the club now yeah. and it's
0: great but for, for me the fact they're local and they're back yeah, at the club's yeah. great what were they like at that age could you tell they were going to go on to have good careers
1: yeah, they were good really fat boys too you two really fat boys you know. they, were, they were good listeners as well You know, they wanted to learn and wanted to improve You know, that's that's yeah. what you need to do to at that age you know. Um Jim McCarston was unbelievably fit. Uh, you he could run all day. We Midge wasn't wasn't far off him, but Jim was was one of the freaks that just used to have the, the heart monitors on and stuff and I don't think his heart moved, you know. Uh, <laughs> but as I say you could you could tell they could they could go and, and, and play at a better level, you know, as I say, they were only young boys and I tried to share a wee bit of experience with him as well, but as I say I was I still like to laugh and the joke in the dressing room, you know, so they probably thought I was a bit mad at the time. But um, no, as I say, they, they were good kids. Um, and, and as you say, went on and had, had really good careers.
0: In terms of the laugh and the
1: joke in the dressing room, did Jim McAnally encourage that or did he just kind of stay away from it? Listen, yeah, it, was, it was a, it was a, a, a loud and, and voice just changing and No, nah, listen, a changing rooms are like that. You know, you're, you've got. Twenty young guys, and um, there's going to be all sorts of madness going on, and, uh, and there was a few spoons. he was was always in about something. Scott McLaughlin, Dean Keenan was there at the time as well. He was an in off lunatic as well, you know. <laughs> so, so there was a few, um, there was a few mm. in there. But no, just enjoy, I, 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 listen, Jimmy, Mike, kind of, aye, listen, a good dressing room. There, there is a lot of fun and there is a lot of laughter. So that's it's to be encouraged. I think. I
0: remember at the end of that season, Andy, you obviously left Morton and fans to this
1: day still talk about how devastated they were But that. I remember being devastated at the time as well. Did Morton try and keep you and did no, you just feel you wanted to move on? No, I'd, listen, Morton got rid of me. I, it was, then it, I still had a year left my contract. My plan was to come back and, and, and hopefully get us promoted the following year, but there'd been stuff happening in my personal life and I'd went to the manager and stuff and, and told him and asked him for a hand and they basically used it to to get me out the door uh, it's something that still kind of sticks in my throat a bit We're um, going about mental health and all that nowadays and, and, and there's a big thing on it you know and I was struggling a bit, um, at the time and I'd went to the manager at the end of the previous season and told him that I was having issues but I was going to get away in the summer and deal with them and, and come back a better player because I felt I'd like to let the club down but I hadn't, I hadn't been at my best the past couple of months but there was reasons for that, you know. Um, I've been honest, and and basically, they get rid of me. Um, as I say, I hadn't wanted to leave. I hadn't asked to get away. I'd basically been honest with them, and, and and try to ask him for a hand, and then, as I said, it it'd get kinda get used against me.
0: Disappointing
1: end, as you've said there and I actually didn't know that no, no. I say a lot of the fans I think thought at the yeah, time it was yeah. a case of you want to yeah, move yeah. on. Um, what are your memories overall of am and green up in particular? Listen I love uh, my time doing that. No i just the only disappointment for me was I, I couldn't help bring any success, get them get them out of that division, you know. Um, I felt I could have done more, but at the time I was I wasn't in a good place after part, you know, so um that was that was one of my disappointments you know but as I say I love my time down there the fans were always great with me Um and I'd like to think I'd i give the guys the fans down there something to something to cheer for you know and hopefully entertain them Absolutely and uh,
0: from there you moved to Dundee
1: and was Alex Ray a big factor there because I know you worked with Alex during your troubles I knew Alex I um, mean Alex obviously when I left Morton I'd need club again and um as I say I was Stuff going you know, on my personal life. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good time for me, you know. Uh, I was going through a lot of stuff, and uh, I went back to Dundee. Uh, Alec phoned me, but not there, and I again it was it was all right, but I was back to traveling up to Dundee every day, you know. And, um, that was kind of had I sore back at the time and and all that kind of stuff, but and it was a really young team there as well. There loads of guys that were going on good careers as well. We Dixon and. Um, got Robertson and all these kind of boys, you know, so it was a really young time, you know, and I, I felt as if I was my job was to try and help him um and, and and probably um aye, as I said there was just there was other stuff going on, um and and, and and it was stuff I was trying to deal with after part which which probably impacted on my performances on the part joining Dundee um, was there any crap from the Dundee United fans or were they actually alright? No they were brilliant um, I remember we played at Dundee United a uh, pre-season friendly and night I got a standing ovation after Dundee United <laughs> fans uh, which was which was lovely you know I remember getting in at, 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 uh, after a warm up and uh, them singing my name and, and things like that which was pretty unusual you know but as I said I did 10 11 years at the Dundee United you know and I've since the last few years, I've been inducted into their Hall of Fame and, and stuff like you know, so it's, it's lovely to know that I'm still so well thought of. The time at Dundee came to an end with a crazy game at Clyde, and I like, think
0: you're one of the few players in the game that with three red cards. Yeah. Just, obviously, I'd imagine your off the few troubles kind of led yeah. to that Aye, moment.
1: There was stuff, there was stuff going you know, on, people in the crowd were saying things, and it, it was just last night I acted. We, we scored a penalty, and I went to get the ball, and the keeper was an basically um, I get one I get booked and then I kicked the ball We get sent half and then as I said all red mess just come down and um, it's no something proud of you but listen I'm an emotional guy you know um, and, and my emotions get a better me on that, that occasion In terms of that day I don't want to do it a lot of too much with you but is it true that you did kick a hole in the
0: referees
1: door? Aye um, <laughs> I was meant to get four red cards you know but I, 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 I peeled one uh, <laughs> and go out down to three but I think it was something like an eight game ban or something um, but listen they died or anything like that you know it was a, a storm and a teacup you know and uh, they made it as if I'd went mental and listen I'd, I'd kicked the ball away and I, I I kid it when I was going to punch somebody, but I wasn't going to punch him. Mean, the new guy was in my face and I pretended to punch him when he walked in, you know. It was like the decennial the, the, the thing with, with, with Winterburn, it was kind of that. It was kind of storming a teacup, you know, but it, it, I think he got blew up. A wee bit more than what it actually was as well.
0: You left Dundee shortly after that. and You finished your senior career at air. Were you disappointed in terms of how your career ended?
1: I said, nah i had a good career, I looked back and, and I went to Air United and just before I went there, but obviously with the Kelly connection as well, it was a bit of, but I went there and tried my best as well, uh, scored a few goals, or, uh, never made, made the playoffs and then i done my cruise as well, uh, done my knee when I was there and had to go in for an operation or not, you know, so um, ah, it was just, I was getting old and I was picking up injuries and, and things like that. And, I was used to playing at a certain level as well, you know, and I was finding it harder Couldn't doing the leagues as such, you know, because i played with top, top players, you know, and I was making runs and my guys I was playing with me probably weren't at the same, well, I know they weren't at the same level as the stuff that I'd been used to playing it, you know, so it was, I was getting frustrated that as well, um, and I was getting old, but as I say, I still love football today, I still play, and, and all that kind of stuff, I went junior, and, um, I play over 35s a day, you know, so I still love the game. Um, so, here you go
0: That's what I was going to say there in terms of when you left there, and as I say, from watching you at Morton, the score uh, in the corner of kick, yeah, I was like, always fascinated yeah, to yeah. follow your career. And one thing that I always thought about you, and you've, you've summed it up today, you love football, and yeah. the fact you went to play junior for so many years after you retired, and yeah. you're still playing over 35s I, now. Your you love
1: for the game is there. Well. Yeah, I went and played junior, and then I went and played amateur. I was played with a team. In team of guys on you for three, four a year um, and then I get too old for that so now I'm, I'm playing over 35s I think it starts again a couple of weeks I still play 5s two, three times a week as well you know try and keep myself as, as fit as I can you know but as I say football was my first love you know I, when I first retired I thought I'm not playing football that's me I'm finished with it but I had about three months after. I found I was missing it you know um, I miss just going and kicking the ball about my pals and, and you know it's Pay a tenner a week now to go, and, to go and play, you know. So uh, I remember Jim McLean saying to me when I was a young boy that I didn't love football and uh, that I wasn't in love with it the same as the way he was. And I remember disagreeing with him. We I think I'm proofs in the pudding, you know. I'm 46 years old, I'm still trying to play a couple of times a week. I still, you know, pay my subs now to go and play with the boys and stuff. So um, I, I think. That was the one thing we Jim got rang about me, you know. I did, I did love the game. Uh, I've just had a different way of showing it for him.
0: When you look back on your career, obviously, a boy from Castle Milton, yeah. who who grows up, wins the Scottish Cup with Dundee United yeah. at the age of 20, gets a chance. Obviously, mouth doesn't go the way you want it, but you play in English football, yeah. you win Player of the Months down there, you come back, you win Player of the Months up here, get a Scotland cap. And as I say, with Morton in particular, yeah. you're a fan's favourite who guys still talk yeah, about yeah. today. Are you, how proud are you of your career?
1: Yeah. if you'd have offered me that when I was 12, 13 I'd have your hand off you know I'd played 300 times in the SPL I scored against Rangers I scored against I played in Cup finals. I played for Scotland you know a lot of people would be delighted with that career you know in, um, in that listen as I say if you'd have offered me that when I was 12, 13 I'd have your hand off you know but I look back there's things that I think I could have done I could have done better you know but listen everybody's got their regrets you know if I didn't have my field stuff. Where would I've been? But as I say, if I didn't even have field stuff, I wouldn't be the guy I'm all the You know, and, um, I, I use that experience today to try and try and help myself, try and help others as well. You know, I do lots of work with charities and, and stuff like. That, you know, so it's kind of shaped to them all the day as well. So without me going through all that pain and all the crap I went through, I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be the guy I'm all the You know, and I, I enjoy doing the work of day to day, you know, um, enjoy being the person I'm the day, I'm happy on myself the day, you know, I'm happier than I've ever been, you know, uh, all throughout my football career I felt as if I was always kind of fighting demons, you know, I've, I've got peace now, um, where I can, I can live can love head and I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with your with, with life at the moment. In terms of the mental health struggles you've had over your career, then
0: um it's something that I find the fact you're so open about speaking about it is inspiring I've struggled with yeah. mental health issues myself in the last 12 months or so and I think at the moment it's important that guys like yourself do speak out because there's so many young footballers and young guys yeah. like myself that
1: are struggling and what advice would you give to them? Listen, I've been doing it for years, you know I went put out my boot about 15, 20 years ago and it seems to be kind of I know, sex is not the right word you know but it seems to be the, the, the end thing that everybody's going on about mental health and whatever and it's Listen, it's, it's always important, you know, just to to look out for each other and, and help each other. And if somebody is struggling, to, to try and give them a wee hand. And, and listen, I've not got the, the answers for anybody, but being there and, and knowing that you're not alone, you're not the the person that's has going through this stuff. You know, we we'll all get through ups and downs in life. Everybody doesn't no matter who you are. You know, you can be. People think if you get plenty of money. I mean, people used to. I can remember thinking that. I shouldn't have these issues because I was a professional football because I had a nice house and a nice car and, and all those things listen, it doesn't matter who you are or what walk of life you're in you know you, you, people are going to have issues um, and it's it's about helping each other you know uh, for me I've I've had good people in my life uh, I've been very lucky that way and, um, so I try and use that experience to to tell people that aye listen we're going to have up sometimes you know you're going to, especially nowadays with social media and all this the world's such a a fast place, you know, um, and it's important that, that I, uh, if we me talking about it, I can help one person, then that's, that's brilliant, you know, so that's that's one of the reasons I do, the this, this stuff that I do.
0: One of the things that I must say about you yourself Andy, and I'm not just trying to blow smoke up um, your ass because you're on the podcast, but you're, you're not just somebody that says this in words, you back it up with actions and uh-huh. you set up a uh, um, Scotland, you've yeah. got your own charity, you're in and out of schools trying to help young boys and young footballers, um, yeah how's
1: that charity element going and what are you up to the well listen months? I, left, I left that charity about f- just over a year ago uh, I, I set it up 10 11 years ago uh, but listen things changed people changed and uh, I walked away from that about a year and a half ago so I do a bit of work with a Chris Boyd charity and the mental health side I got into schools Again, to prisons as well I've done a bit of work in prisons um, so I do I do I what I'm asked I do I my best um, and if I, as I say if I can if I can go and help anybody, I'll get my way to do that, you know. Um, so it's something that, that I've been doing for 10, 10 11 years. Um, but I get so much shit at myself, you know what I mean? Because people think, oh, you're out of help. I don't help anybody, you know. <laughs> people help themselves, that's the bottom line, you know. People, people, there's nobody with a magic wand out there that can, you know, if you can see stuff you're going to, there's one person that will sort it as yourself, you know. But like everybody needs a wee hand with that as well in certain things, you know. But as I say, I just use my experiences to try and because, as I say, I've been through some amount of shit, you know. But I've come out the other side, a stronger, better person. Um, and if I can use any of the experience to help somebody else, then, then that's what I'll do. Because as I say, I've had a lot of help and a lot of good people around me as well, so that's why I do what I do. I'd like to finish the interview, Andy, with a round of quick fire questions. Yeah, um, no problem. First question for you is, your favourite band? Favourite band? Um, Stone Roses, probably, or Oasis, usual ones, but I'm, I'm into Jerry Cinnamon as well because he's a good cast boy. Absolutely. <laughs> um, favourite film? Uh, favourite film? One who's Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> Classic. Uh,
0: favourite food?
1: Pasta. pretty boring, aren't Pasta, i a Beach holiday or
0: city break?
1: Oh, d- depends. Um, I love a beach holiday because you can just go and chill and read a few books and stuff, but me and my wife go a few. So, no, it's not a, a beach holiday, probably. Eh? <laughs> um, what were the best players you played um, with? Best players? Listen, there's been a few. Ian Durant, obviously. Dave Neri, um, who was unbelievable. Big like Duncan Ferguson was... And Charlie Miller in there as well. Uh, but I've been lucky I've played with and, and, and against some greats, so um I yeah, there's been a few. Uh, best against? been would be Larson probably. Larson, I didn't say that no, i played against Lothar Matthias as well. He we played in five <laughs> five, <laughs> five World Cups. So uh listen, I've played against some greats, going Ludruck, um Orey guys. Um So I yeah, just there's, there's been a few I've been lucky. Best manager in your career for you?
0: That'd
1: be Jim McLean. Yeah, I jumped my claim for if I could, if I could have has and somebody else's management skills, it'd, it'd be a perfect match. But as I say, he was he was unbelievable. I spoke to people and they said football always it was better than Sir Alex. Sir Alex was just about bit more the bit better man, man management skills. So yeah, I definitely be jumping. In terms of management, there
0: are you
1: interested in getting into management yourself? No, um, I, I don't. I could handle the. The uncertainty, or. Um, no, it's just. no it's, it's something I thought about a few years ago, but now the men I think I would not anyway, It takes all your life. If you're doing it properly, you know, and my wife's gave up a, a, an awful lot for me throughout my life, you know, and to ask it to, to probably being a football manager, if you're out, know, miss nights, you're, you're hardly there, you know, so I've got a good life to be away with you, you know, so it'd it, it be kind of unfair to me. It, it, to ask her to put all that uh,
0: last question I'm interested to ask is your time at Morton. Obviously, you were a fans' favourite. If you had to make a five a side team up based on the players you played with Morton, who'd be in it?
1: Mm. Wee hoodie. Um, Scotty Mack, Spinsy for goals. Yourself, surely. Me. And his out Four. Four. I don't need, need a goalie, didn't I? Didn't need a goalie. I yeah. Died a bit, died a bit we major Jim McAllister so they could do my running for me. So I had to have fun too the day my running. Look, them fight over that, yeah. um, just like to say, Andy, thanks very much for oh being no,
0: on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. joy. Um, as I said, for me, you're somebody that inspired me watching you as a player. Yeah, you. you spoke about mental health issues. And as I say, the re- main reason I think somebody that you, is somebody that lots of young guys should be looking yeah, up to yeah. in the game, is you, you don't just come out with these statements, you yeah. back it up with yeah. the charity work you do. Yeah. And like, when this, I reached out to you and you were. No problems about it. He said, let's do it. Let's meet up and yeah. get it done. So no thank
1: problem. you so much. No, no problem, Cal. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Football CFB podcast with me, Calum McFadden. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at football under CFB and please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or through Anchor FM um, where I always post my links to the podcasts anyway. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I cannot wait to share my next one with you. Please join me again um, very soon. When I'll have another football CFB with. But until next time. Take care.